And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Monday. Casey Jisclair here with Coach Brian Colley. We hope everybody is enjoying the start to their week. Uh, We've got a fun show coming your way today in the next segment of the show. We're making a trip out to Vanderbilt Catholic, and we will have their head football coach, Coach Tommy Minton, on the line. The Terriers have gotten hot. They got a 48-0 win over Ellender on Friday. So ask Coach Minton about that. And also about their huge game coming up this coming Friday against Assumption that's going to have huge district implications. At noon, we're going to Dre Trosclair of Thibodeau High School. Thibodeau is uh, what you would call a bubble team. They're 26 right now in Division I non-select. Got to win something coming home, but it's going to be tough. They got Terrebonne and Destrehan uh, in the final two games of the year. Uh, so Thibodeau needs to find some wins, and it's going to be tough. But, you know, they've got some talent, and they've got a roster that's capable of pulling some upsets. So we'll talk to Dre about that and also about their wild and crazy game on Friday as they got a 22-20 to win over Central Lafouche, a game that was far closer than a lot of people realized. Uh, we're going to get to our local scoreboard in just a second, but a reminder in the back end of the show, we're going to get our W's and our L's, and we're going to grade how I did on Friday with the weekend predictions. We did a pretty good job this weekend. In college, at least, my pro stuff was crappy, but in college, we did okay. In high school, we did okay. Um, and then also now in the opening segment of the show, we're going to relive what was a really, really good football game, South Lafouche and St. Louis. St. Louis gets a 21-14 win over South Lafouche, a game that both teams had a lot of chances. Both teams really probably look back and say, hey, the score should have been different than what it was. St. Louis, you know, had some drives stall out. They turned over the ball, you know, at the goal line. South Lafouche had some drives stall out, couldn't convert. So both teams probably look back and said they didn't play their A-plus game. But I think the other defenses maybe have something to do with that. St. Louis gets the win. They improved their postseason positioning. They're now number five in Division Two select. South Lafouche drops down to number 28 in Division One non-select. Tarpon's going to have a tough road. They, they would be well served to win the next two. If you beat Ellender, you lose to Vanderbilt. It's going to be tough. If you lose to Ellender, you beat Vanderbilt. It's going to be tough. Um, but anyway, against St. Louis, it was a low-scoring defensive game. And when we started off the game, It was actually St. Louis who struck first with an unbalanced shotgun set, Montet getting a three-yard touchdown run that opened up the scoring in the game for the St. Louis Saints. Waiting on the computer once again. (laughs) We always have problems with the recorder. This never fails. We are are the new music at halftime. Yes. (laughs) All right, let's see if we got it. No, not yet. Ain't happening here. Hmm. Not okay. There we wait go. now. Nope, not yet. Still thinking about it. Come on, computer, wake up. But it you talk about slow. Slower than the Saints offense. But we have a computer. Saints <laughs> don't have an offense. Yeah, we're struggling. I'll let Brian try to get that figured out. If it starts to play, I will stop talking. But we've got uh, we we think we got some clips. But I'll get you to the local scoreboard here uh, from Week Eight. We had 
And by the way, whenever you get that figured out, just just interrupt me. Um, as I'm looking down, I won't be able to see. Can't wait to do it. <laughs> Thibodeau gets a 22 to 20 win over Central Lafouche. The Trojans actually uh, lined up for a two point conversion and um, didn't convert late in the game. Thibodeau gets the stop and gets the win. Destrahan rolls over Sulphur 45 to nothing. Huge win for Destrahan who has now won like 23 games in a row or something like that. I think you got it now, Bubba. Interruption, interruption. Interruption. All right. Uh, St. Louis scored first. Montet on an unbalanced shotgun formation set. Oh, it ain't going to be Nugent. It's going to be our guy, 34, who's been taking these direct snaps. Here he is up the middle. Did he get in? Yes. Yes, he did. Second effort got him in. It's 6 nothing, St. Louis on a touchdown run from... 32, Monette Montnet. Monette Montnet. I still don't know what the hell the damn kid's name is. All that time for that? (laughs) (laughs) For a score from the opponent? Yeah, well, it gets a little brighter. South Lafouche recovered a fumble, a key play in the game, gave the team some life. Here we go. Number six in the backfield for the Saints. And they're going to hand it to him, and he's going to try to drive in. He may have fumbled at the end of the play, and uh, they're fighting for it. The Tarpons think they might have the ball. Thanks, stretching out for the goal line. He tried to get into the end zone, Luke Mayer, and when he stretched out, he lost the ball. And then St. Louis had a couple of linemen dive, but when they dove, they pushed it out of the end zone, and the Tarpons recovered it. That led to what I think was South Lafouche's best offensive drive of the season. They go the full length of the field. It wouldn't be a B.J. Young team if they didn't cap it with a trick play, a double pass. DeCure passes it to Meathead for a 23-yard touchdown. Fourth and goal. Double pass. Double pass. DeCure's got it, and he'll throw it into the end zone. Got him! Berg! Nope, that's Dardar. Touchdown! No flags. Ogeron to the cure to Meathead. And the Tarpons are an extra point away. VPJ Young opening up his bag of goodies. And he comes away with a touchdown on fourth and goal from the 23. Who's that lunatic yelling in the... Man. I don't know. (laughs) Pearson got a one-yard touchdown run as St. Louis took it back and they grabbed control in the second half. on the left side quarterback keeps it that way Whoa. and he's easily in so st louis will make it 13 to 6 unbalanced formation gets them pay dirt and it's 13 to 6 with 434 to go in the third quarter i thought that it was over when st louis went up two scores in the second half i was actually wrong the tarpons put up a strong fight but pearson got a 33 yard touchdown to make it 20 to 6 and here it is 21 6 sorry pearson in the pistol comes with a hard count tarpons ain't biting Shuffling personnel. It's unbalanced to the left. That's the strong side of the field. Quarterback bootlegs that way. Has a man open down the field, and it's a touchdown. Trey Tate got behind everybody, and St. Louis will add to their lead, 20-6 on a fourth down pitch and catch to Tate. Huge play, back-breaking play, fourth down, you get a long touchdown reception, and I thought the Tarpons were dead in the water at that point, but they proved me wrong. The Tarpons go down the field. Um, Carson Ogeron hit Landon Dardar in the flats. Dardar did the rest, took it into the end zone. Tarpons were hitting one. Ogeron the out the back into field. the flats. Touchdown. Meathead will walk in. <laughs> South Lafouche gets a touchdown. 
21 to 12, and the ever important extra point will be coming up now. So there you go. St. Louis gets a 21 to 14 win over South Lafouche. I thought it was two playoff caliber teams. I thought two teams that were playing at a pretty high level. Unfortunately, the Tarpons lose another close one. Um, BJ told me after, he said, man, you know, we needed this one. We needed the assumption one. It's two that they felt they could have that they didn't have. Uh, they needed the Thibodeau one. This one they felt they could have that they didn't have. Um, at the end of the day, I, I keep going back to this, and I know I said this on Saturday, so if you listen to the Saturday show, it's going to sound like a broken record. Brock told me, said, hey, we were once that team with a bunch of sophomores that was losing close games. I think the Tarpons are just a year away from winning a lot of those close ones. I think in the next couple of years, these scars that they're forming right now are going to end up turning into calluses, and I think that this team is learning some stuff that they'll be able to carry forward into the future. Yeah, look, a very young team. Young guys are playing well again, and I think the Tarpons, uh, hopefully, you know, they should take care of business on Friday. Then next week against Vanderbilt will be a very big game. I think the Tarpons are going to catch the Terriers at a great time because they have a tough game coming up Friday. And uh, who knows, that last game at home, Tarpons can get a victory there and get into the playoffs. I had started the local scoreboard. I'll finish the local scoreboard. Tara Bone, stand up. You got a 21-18 win over East St. John. How did our former president say? A huge, with a Y, win over East St. John, 21-18. Hanville beats HL Bourgeois, 28-0. You feel for HL Bourgeois. Man, they have an excellent defense. Their offense just can't score. We told you Thibodeau got a 22-20 win over Central Lafouche. Vanderbilt, 48. Ellender, 0. Assumption with the huge... Capital Y, huge upset win over Lutcher, 14-10. to 10. Assumption is now in the top four in Division Two, non-select. Will Broussard gets a signature win, big win. Our buddy Dennis Gaines, Cecilia gets a 25-22 come-from-behind win against Opelousas. I bring this up, A, because we love Dennis. B, did you see what happened at the end of that game? No, I did not. So Dennis is getting interviewed <clears throat> on the iPad, you know, kind of like we do after the games. And he's talking, you know, hey, it's a, it's a good win, blah, 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 blah. Then in the background, you hear, bang, 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 bang. And Dennis is like, oh, crap, that was a real gun. And he had to run in his field house, shooting outside of the stadium. You're kidding me. After his game, goes back to the general message I said after the thing in Thibodeau. Man, stop being an idiot outside of these stadiums, man. Dennis had to run into his field house, had to run his kids into the field house after the game because some idiot – Fired a gun in the air outside of their stadium. Fortunately, everybody was okay. Um, let's see. We also locally had Morgan City fall 44 to nothing. South Terrebonne gets a win over Morgan City. St. Louis 21, South Lafouche 14. Berwick, God bless them. They had a 7 nothing lead on E.D. White. The rest of the game didn't go as well. 56-14 to for E.D. White. St. James 55, Donaldsonville 24. Patterson gets beat up on by Shaw. Shaw beats him 55-13. to Homer Christian School got a big win for us in six turnovers and a 41-8 win over Jefferson Rice Charter. And then we go to single A. Uh, Central Catholic beats Hanson 29-8. Big win for Central Catholic. And CCA falls to Ascension Catholic 36-3. That is our local scoreboard. Um, which of the two upsets surprised you the most, Terrebonne over East St. John or Assumption over Lutcher? Uh, Terrebonne over East St. John. I think, I mean, uh, all you have to do is listen to me. Yeah, and, and look, the, the <laughs> reason I, I just thought that uh, – East St. John's offense would, would score more points a lot, you know, uh, than what they did. But 
Look, Terrebonne Tigers, we said it all summer, beginning of the season. Everyone was talking about this team the entire summer. Yep, they lived up to it. They are. They're living up to it. And they're in a great spot to earn a home opening round game if they take care of business, if they could beat Thibodeau on Friday, if they could beat Hanville. Uh, look, South Lafouche fans, you should be a big Terrebonne fan the rest of the year because you need Hanville and Thibodeau to lose games coming home. So you should be rooting for Tyler and them in the next two weeks. Um, and I think they'll be favored in both of those contests. So it'll be really nice to see how that shakes itself out. The Tarpons dropped to 28. Um, you're rooting against Barb, Mandeville, Thibodeau, Benton, Wachita, Paris, East Ascension, Hammond, Hanville. You're rooting against all of them for the rest of the year because you could potentially split the last two games and maybe get in, but you would need some help. You would need those teams above you and below you to lose, and that's just not where you want to be. Just go ahead and take care of business on that. No, and look, some of the teams I think will lose below them, but I'm telling you, East Ascension, East Ascension, Dutchtown, Week 10 is going to be a big game for the Spartans. Yeah, that'll be a big opportunity for them. And um, Dutchtown is 6-1, and one, so there you go. East Ascension with a chance to earn a bunch of points. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to go to Tommy Minton. I know he's happy and excited, but his team is starting to play really well. They're currently sitting at number 13 in the Division II Select Power Ratings. It's a shame, man. You win 48 nothing, and you drop three or four spots because you faced a team with zero wins. we got we got to fix some of that stuff. But anyway, that's another segment for another day. Tommy Minton will be joining us in the next segment. It's play-by-play on KLEB. At Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center, we're improving the health and well-being of the region one person at a time. And this means more tea times, more play time, more time to do good, more fast time, and more once upon a time. Isn't it time you started living your best life? Change starts here at Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the River Parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa.
And welcome back to Play by Play here on Caleb. You know, I was actually watching the LSU game against Army, and my dad, who's a huge ACDC fan, he said, hey, you know, they're still together, right? Can you imagine watching those 60, 70-year-old geezers on the stage rocking out playing these this type of music? I bet you they still do it better than what we, we expect. I don't have to see them as long as I can hear it. <laughs> that's exactly right. We go to the phone lines for the first time today. And uh, we have Vanderbilt coach, Coach Tommy Minton's on the line. He's got to be pleased because his team played well against Ellen. They're 48 to nothing victory. Coach Minton, good morning. How are we doing, buddy? Good morning, Casey. Nice to be with you, man. Yep, nice to be with you, man. Uh, since we last spoke, your schedule has softened up a little bit and your team has taken advantage. You've rattled off a couple of wins in a row, uh, playing some good ball. You guys are back above 500 on the season. Talk about the way the last couple of weeks have gone for you guys. Well, I mean, you know... <clears throat> We knew the first half of our schedule was extremely tough, and uh, we knew once we got past that, we were going to be a very seasoned team and hopefully healthy so that we could come into district and, and, and hopefully be playing well. Uh, we have played real well the last three weeks. We've got two last in a row, and uh, now we've got a, a, a chance now with some things that went on uh, Friday night with something beating now. Uh, Look, man, I, I remember you telling me in the preseason, is like, you know, hey, everybody downplays the importance of district, but you came on over the summer and said, hey, we still value that. So that's a huge game coming up on Friday for your team. Exactly. I mean, we, we, we want to win district championships. That's the first step, you know, and uh, then you get in the playoffs and you, want to, you get to the next step, but... Uh, as long as they're giving out a trophy and they recognize the champion, we want to be a part of it. And uh, we're we're very excited now <laughs> that. Uh, and the big thing is, we don't need any help the next two weeks. We control our own destiny. The help we needed, we got last week, and uh, so now we we need to take care of our business. And then then on the flip side to that, coach is you know yeah you guys are playing for the district championship, but. In terms of postseason positioning, you guys are number thirteen, and you're not a whole lot ahead of number sixteen. So you guys got to win to solidify that home game as well. Well, exactly, exactly. I mean, we feel like, you know, looking at these last two games, uh, if we can win those, we're going to get ourselves up into the eight to ten range. Uh, if we would lose one of those, then yes, definitely, we're looking at being in jeopardy of a, of a home game. So we need to take care of our business for a lot of reasons. <laughs> Coach, I know that you guys have the explosive playmaker at tailback, but one thing that's been noteworthy, your quarterback's rounding in the form. A couple weeks ago, five touchdown passes. You guys have become balanced in recent weeks, man. I know that's a luxury. Well, you know, with teams doing the things and, and, and to, to take away Jalen, we have been able to do some things and get the ball in the, in the air and, uh, and make some plays there. And uh, we've got some receivers that have done a good job, uh, you know, Jari Coleman and and James Gidry of uh, going get the ball and then making plays for us. Coach, uh, Brian and I have seen Assumption this year. They've got a big old physical running back. They've got a quarterback who's very quick. How are you guys going to try to slow them down on Friday? I mean, it's definitely a two-headed monster. I mean, you've you got the big back that pounds inside. you got the quarterback that does. I mean, he, he is very, very deceptive. When you watch him on film, he's quick as a gnat, man. But he's, I'm going to tell you what else he is. He's a tough customer. Yeah, he is. You know, he, he, he's done a great job for him. And but the thing you look at, uh, you know, if you look at the last four weeks, they've gotten better each week. 
which that tells you that, you know, the, the, the coaches are doing a great job of preparing them. Uh, the kids always play hard, but, you know, better every week. So, uh, you know, they only went over Lutcher. That wasn't a fluke. You watch that tape. They, uh, the whole second half, they outplayed Lutcher. They were more physical than Lutcher, and, and they took the total. Coach, um, in January, we're going to get some clarity on what the LHSA may be looking like going forward. I know we passed the vote a couple weeks ago to keep everything as is, as it was last year. If I threw it to you and said, hey, Tommy, you're in charge, you make the decision, what would it look like after the annual convention? What would the LHSA be like? Well, I mean, really and truthfully, if we're going to stay split, this is the best system we've had. You know, the, the, the brackets are balanced. Uh, you have good competition in each division. There's still some disparities there. I mean, when you look at uh, uh, the gap in enrollment in some of the divisions, it's pretty wide. But this is as good as it's been. The change in these divisions, you know, we're fixing to do reclassification, and we're going to reclass in five classes, but we're playing the playoffs in four divisions. So, I mean, why aren't we talking for Yeah, no, I'm with you there, brother. I'm with you. Well, look, man, thanks so much for the time. Keep the train rolling, bro, and we look forward to seeing you two Fridays from now, man. Appreciate it, Kate. Thank you, man. Yep, that's Coach Tommy Minton and uh, preaching. I mean, he said exactly how I feel. We're going to still have five classifications. We're going to have four brackets. That's dumb. Why don't we just have five classifications and five brackets, and then everybody, the apples could face the apples, the oranges could face the oranges, because right now we've got apples facing kiwis, and it ain't fair. No, and I still just, why can't they come with a set number of enrollment, take the top number, and if it's 900, you think it's fair, less kids that can compete with the top school, and every year just subtract that 900, and that's the top bracket. Then you do that for every division or class and that's it and you play where your numbers are unless you want to play up you know if if the bracket held firm in division two select and vanderbilt won their opening round game and ed white got the opening round by could be vanderbilt and ed white again in the second again. round. <laughs> um don't know that that's altogether a favorable matchup but it would be hard to beat somebody twice but the Terriers have so much to play for down the stretch. They're number 13 right now, but they have uh, eight-tenths of a point lead over number 16. You start losing some games coming home, you might not be at home in the opening round. And the further down that you drop, then you would be looking at facing Lafayette, Christian, and St. Thomas more in that second round. And whew, um, So, yeah, they've got a whole lot to play for. Tommy said they did the math. He thinks they could get into the top 10 if they win. They're 13 right now. He thinks they could get outside of the top 16 if they lose. It's it's like the playoffs are starting early for them. No, uh, okay, I missed the part. If they win two games or one, he said if they win two, he thinks two. that they could get into the top ten. He said if they lose any of the final two, they may in, be in danger of losing their home playoff game. Wow! So a lot of pressure on them going against assumption. And look, it's an assumption team that is also got a lot to play for. Because when you go up to Division Two non-select, they're now number four and. They're only three-tenths of a point away from being number two. Um, so if Assumption could beat a Vanderbilt and, and you know win a Week 10 matchup, I mean, Will and them would be sitting pretty. Um, and what a, what a showing, dude. Like, South Lafouche's offense moved the ball on Assumption pretty easily, scored 41 points. 
since that time, you give up seven to Ellender and only ten to Lutcher. And I I saw a bunch of clips from that Assumption and Lutcher game, and Tommy mentioned it. It wasn't no fluke. They were lining up. They were more physical. They were getting a push. They were running the football. They scored the late touchdown. They Now, the only thing that was a little fluky was the squib kick at the end hit the helmet of a Lutcher player, and they recovered it. But from there, they had to get a first down, and they did. They converted a fourth down. So 100% earned that win, and um, they're getting better and better every week, man. Yeah, and I think that the biggest key Friday night for that game the Terriers are going to have to stop the run game from the Mustangs. And if they do and force them to pass, I think that would help the Terriers out. But like you said, a two-headed monster, it's, it's tough to stop. Yes, it is tough to stop. No doubt about that. So let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to go from one victorious coach on Friday to another. We're going to have Dre Trosclair on the line. His Thibodeau Tigers won a nail-biter against Central Lafouche, kept their playoff hopes alive. If they would have lost that one, they would have been in big trouble. Now, the playoffs start today for Thibodeau. you got to play Terrebonne and Destrand the final two weeks. you probably got to win one of them. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Celebrating 75 years in business. Danos has been setting the standard for generations. How about becoming a part of something bigger and join the team? We're currently hiring for welders, fitters, and blaster painters to work at our fabrication yard in LaRose. You can apply now at www.danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa and Highway 3235 in Galliano. We have made the effort to get Coach Drake uh, Trostler with Thibodeau High. Uh, I'm sure he's going to get back with us sometime in the next couple of minutes. Might have got pulled away. Uh, what an effort. <laughs> a Herculean effort. Uh, <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit while waiting about, um, well, let's see. Let's, let's talk about some NFL from yesterday. We didn't have any Saints. We didn't have any Cowboys. 
So it was kind of a stress-free day sitting on the couch watching some of the games. We had a crazy one. The uh, the Browns got a 39-38 to win over the Colts. That was a very exciting one. Your boy Josh Allen lost to Belichick. Um, I know. There's, there's no – but it happens. It just, all right, it just, it just happened that way? Yeah, it's not because he was on Madden. Truck mentioned this earlier when we were off the air, just kind of BSing. Um, defense has come back in the NFL, man. We've got some low-scoring games. Giants beat the um, – well, I was about to call them something inappropriate. Giants beat the Commanders 14-7. to um, The Bears in Las Vegas, the Bears actually win 30-12. to The Falcons tried everything in their power to give the game to the Bucks oh, yesterday. My. Uh, and found a way to win 16-13. Uh, to 13. Let, Let's talk about that. Let, let, let's launch in there. Uh, I've seen the Saints play the Bucks. I haven't seen them play the Falcons, but I've seen the Falcons play the Bucks. Are you ready to say that both Atlanta and Tampa are better than New Orleans at this point? Because I am. Uh, yes. Just, just their, uh, the schemes or just the way they play. Look, at Atlanta, that game should have been a lot worse than what it was. They were Moving the ball, just fumbling. Three turnovers in the red zone. I mean, your quarterback's going in for a touchdown. Look, you're just starting this league. Hold on to the ball. You're not. He he trots in there like he was uh, an all pro 10 years in a row. um, Fumbles the ball. And yeah, so Atlanta can run the ball. They can move the ball, I think, more than what the Saints do. Tampa Bay, they beat them. At home, so yeah. decisively, yeah. Those two teams are, are are better now. Can the Saints beat them? Yes, but right now they're better teams. Do, do you think that the long buy? I say the long buy, the long rest, the mini buy, I guess is what they call it. I think that's going to help or hurt because man, I went into it on Thursday saying, oh, you know, teams going to get some time off, and you know that'll be good. But then now more and more you're seeing the birds chirping. The media's, you know, asking pointed questions. The players are, uh, heck, Michael Thomas is throwing uh, the coach under the bus on Twitter now, um, saying that it's not Olave's fault that he was jogging on that bomb that Carr threw out of bounds. It was a bad, you know, scheme and bad setup. And the birds are chirping. So I, I thought initially, hey, it would be good for rest, but. Rest comes, these guys are starting to talk on their phones, and that ain't a good thing. You're facing Indy on Sunday on the road. Let me see what the line for that is. New Orleans is a one-point underdog against a Colts team that I think is better without Anthony Richardson. I think Gardner Minshew's playing well. Um, This is not going to be a cakewalk on Sunday. On the road against Indy, that's going to be a tough game, man. Yeah, and the rest doesn't matter because they're going to come back from that mini break and keep doing the same Thing. That was so, a weekend prediction. <laughs> it does not matter how long they have to rest. How, If it's less time to rest, more time. If you keep doing the same thing over and over and expect different results. That's, uh, that's what Einstein said. That's the definition of insanity. Insa- well, um, that's the insane. The Kansas City Chiefs won yesterday 31-17. to Mahomes went for 424 with four touchdowns. Travis Kelsey, let me see this stat, if I could find it on social media. Did you media. see that touchdown? He's, a, he's an animal, man. Just caught the ball and, and held the ball up above his head, and they just swatting at it, and the ball never moved. Kelsey averages 60 yards more per game when Taylor Swift is in attendance oh, versus, okay. versus when she's not. 
So at what point do the Chiefs put her on payroll and demand that she be at the games? I know she doesn't need the money. Does, does she? Is she at away games? Sometimes. And I don't she's, know. She's going she to a few. Okay. She's going to a few. Um, but 60, 70 yards more when Taylor's in attendance versus when she's not. And so I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. Man, where is football gone? What, what are we doing? Talking about Taylor Swift at football games and – you don't think the old school football players with no helmets and getting punched in the mouth, bleeding, playing football, where you can hit somebody and not get a penalty? Oh, dude. And then, and then now, with, oh, oh. dude, it was so painful. There's two things that are painful. And by the way, congratulations. This just dropped. Trey, Hall, uh, Trey Holly of LSU is the SEC freshman of the week. He played for his first time in his career Saturday and rushed for almost 100 yards. He's the leading high school rusher ever. Um, by the way, Dre said he's ready. So we'll try to get Dre lined up. Yeah, congratulations to Trey Holly. And I'll save my point about the NFL and college in just a second. Um, got the phone number? All right, good. So we're going to have Dre Trostler in just a second. It's play-by-play. We were just kind of buying a little bit of time. We are anticipating getting the Thibodeau head football coach on in this segment. The Tigers got a win over Central Lafouche uh, on Friday. Keeping their playoff hopes alive. They're now sitting at number 26 in Division One, um, non-select. So we go to the phone lines, and we have Thibodeau coach Dre Trostler on the line. Dre, good afternoon, buddy. How we doing? Hey, doing great, man. How are you? Good, bro. Uh, you guys had to work for it on Friday, uh, but you do pull out the win against Central Lafouche 22-20. to Tell us about how the game went, and uh, obviously homecomings, a lot of distractions, a lot of different things. You guys found a way, but maybe it wasn't your cleanest effort. Yeah, definitely not, man. We... Um... Honestly, we played a really, really, really bad first half. Um, second half, you know, was a lot better. Uh, but we just turned the ball over too much, man. We had four turnovers in critical situations. And, I mean, you can't do that no matter who you play. And, you know, Central, give them credit, too. I mean, they came in and played a good game. They had a good plan. And, uh, you know, their guys are playing really hard. So, you know, I, overall, great night of football. Uh, glad we got the win. But we, we definitely made it a lot closer than what it had to be. What's the health of your team, man? I know that earlier in the year you said you had a few guys maybe missing. Have you guys gotten a little healthy, or has it gotten worse? Yeah, we're uh, no, we're pretty healthy right now. Yeah, we're we're probably as good as what we've been in the last couple of weeks right now, heading into week nine. You guys, as much as anybody in the area, are really kind of starting the playoffs early. You're sitting at number twenty six. You got Terrebonne and Destrehan coming in. Those are games that if you could steal them, you're going to move up a whole bunch. If you lose them, it's going to be really close. You guys are almost in that spot where it's almost like bracket play right now for Thibodeau. Isn't yeah, it? no, it's a must win. This week's a must win. That's what we're telling our guys. We've got a team meeting right before we go to practice today. And I mean, essentially, if we lose this week, we're out. We're done. So we, we, have to, we have to win this week. I don't think we have to win both of them. I think as long as we get one of the next two that we'll get in um, just based off the, the strength of the teams that we have left on the schedule at 6-2 and two with Terrebonne and 8-0 no Destrehan. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, that, that's our motto right now is that this is a must-win game. We want to have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, if we do win this week, we're going to be in. So that that's the kind of how we're going to attack with the mindset of this whole week of practice and, you know, make sure we're ready to go play a really good Terrebonne team on Friday at their place. The one thing that stands out about Terrebonne, and look, everybody gets enamored with, oh, they've got an LSU commitment at wide receiver, and that's what everybody talks about. But for me, 
The reason why Terrebonne has made a big leap forward this year is because they're so damn good up front. they got so much size on both the offensive and defensive lines. How are you guys going to try to slow that down? Yeah, they're massive up front. That that That's the thing on tape that jumps out at you, obviously, whenever you watch them. Um, so, yeah, we we got to do a good job, you know, making sure that those guys don't just get to dominate the game up front. Um, so we're going to have to try and get on the perimeter offensively. Um, you know, de- defensively, we're going to try to send some different looks at them um, and try to maybe, you know, try to bracket uh, Billy out a little bit and try to kind of take him out of the game and, make somebody else have to do damage against us. But, I mean, I'm sure that's probably what most teams are doing against those guys from the looks of it. Um, but, yeah, man, they're, they're, they got a really good uh, really good O-line, D-line group um, with a lot of size. And, you know, Coach Lewis has done a great job with those guys over there. And, you know, he's, he's, he's having some success this year after a couple of years. So, finally for him, you know, he's having a lot of success. And that's kind of where we're trying to get to, you know, here with our program. So, uh, we're just going to take it one day at a time, man, and I, I hope it'll be a good game on Friday. Dre, what's your philosophy in terms of scheduling? Because, I mean, Chris left you with just a murderer's row. I mean, St. James, E.D. White, Lutcher, South Lafouche was tough. Um, when you're going to be making your own schedule this coming season, is it going to be that difficult again, or are you going to maybe you know kind of look for a little bit of an easier non-district schedule? I mean, I think in the non-district schedule, I think it just kind of depends on – you know, the year-to-year basis, what you think you have within your program, within your young players and who you got coming back and things like that. So I think you build a schedule based off of that. But, you know, the PowerPoint things are a big deal. So, like, right now, our strength of schedule is helping us. Because if we were sitting at three and four with a strength of schedule that's not near what ours is right now, we wouldn't even be close to sniffing the playoffs. Um, but so, there's a, you know, there's a give and a take, too, because it's like, well, if you play a, 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 an easier path uh, and you get more wins, then you're not in the situation where you're sitting at three or four. Um, so it's kind of a little bit of a, a give and a take, but, you know, you want to get to the playoffs having played some really good teams um, so your team's ready for it. But, you know, with Hallville, uh, you know, East St. John, Terrebonne, Destrahan in the district already, I think you're going to play four really good teams regardless of who you play in the non-district schedule. So, uh, we're going to set some things up, man, for our guys in our school, hopefully for our football program to make some money. So it kind of generates some money games, playing some local teams uh, that will generate big crowds and things like that. So I think that's something to take into consideration too. But, yeah, so I think, you know, we're going to kind of mix it up a little bit with who we play in the uh, non-district slate for these next two. Yep, good good stuff, man. Um, look, what are some keys to victory? I know it's Monday. You might not have them all the way scouted yet, and you still got a full week of practice to go through. But what are some things you guys are going to have to do well to go on the road and beat Terrible on Friday? Well, you got to take care of the football. Something that the last two weeks we haven't done a great job of. Uh, so offensively, we got to take care of the football. Um, and then defensively, we got to bend but don't break. We've given up too many big plays. Uh, nobody's really been driving the football on us. It's really just been a breakdown in communication or something like that where it's just a big play that goes for a score. Um, other than that, the defense has been pretty dang good, just forcing people to punt and get the ball back to the offense. But the offense has had a lot of three and outs as well. So just making sure we sustain drives and keep our defense fresh, keep them off the field. Uh, that way they can go and tackle you know, the monster that they have across from each and every week. Sounds like a winner, Dre. Thank you so much for the time, buddy. Uh, stay hot, brother. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yep, that is Coach Dre Trostler with Thibodeau High. Dude, it, it feels like, and, and you know, like I'm not blaming anybody for this. I mean, it's no one's fault, but it 
feels like Thibodeau every fall has a hard time protecting the football. Man, when Duga was there at times, it four or five turnovers a week sometimes, and they would still win the games. Then Dre just said a minute ago, we turned it over, what, three or four times against Central and almost cost them. Man, I don't know what it is. They've just been snake bitten with that turnover bug the last couple of years there. When he said that, that was the first thing that came to mind uh, when we had Coach Duga on years ago where yeah, uh, they would fumble the ball and turnovers like crazy. And uh, Look, big game for uh, Thibodeau coming up. They got to go too terrible on the play. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a challenge. But, look, I tell you what, the Thibodeau defense, when they're playing, they, they're pretty doing good. So if they can slow down that terrible and Tiger attack, this can be a, a very competitive game come Friday night. What does it say? And, and look, I, I know I know that Dre wasn't saying it, meaning for it to sound as strong as he said. I know where you're going. What does it say about how strong Destrahan is that he said, hey, we need to win one of two to get in, but this one is a must win? Yeah. <laughs> what does it say about how powerful Destrahan is? That hey, Look, um, it's being honest. Yeah. That... that they they have um and nothing against Terrebonne. It's to be a tough game, but yeah, I think they have a much better chance to beat Terrebonne on what they do. That's well, right. It is what it is. Look, would you rather beat Terrebonne or beat the team that beat Terrebonne thirty eight to seven? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> or the team that probably hasn't lost a game since COVID. Right? They've won like twenty three games in a row. So yeah, I appreciate his candor. Then I know it probably didn't sound good, you know, hearing it. But I mean, he's telling the truth. And look, Terrebonne coming off a, a, a big win against East St. John, Thibodeau could be catching them at the right time. And Thibodeau, no one going in, they have to take care of this game. Yep, no doubt about It'll that. Be a good one. So that will be a good one. That one's going to be in Homa on Friday. Let's catch a break. When we get back, uh, we'll talk about some of the predictions that I made this past week. And I did okay for some. Uh, kind of swung and missed at others. And then after that, we've got our W's and our L's. So we'll have fun in the final 45 minutes of the show. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Time is money. 
Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DoFriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the DoFriend difference. Baby, you a song, you make me want to roll my windows down and cruise. Every Friday here, um, we make weekend predictions, and I'll be honest, uh, I've been wanting to do something similar to this, but too lazy to actually cut the clips now that we got a producer uh hey you got somebody who works here yeah uh, brian's got our weekend prediction else to do i went back, <laughs> i went back and i uh listened and i know about how i did but let's listen to some of the things we said and let's see how we did hopefully it's gonna work for us right out the gate i think saints fans will be disappointed because i think dennis allen's gonna hold a press conference over the weekend and say we ain't changing a damn thing i think well we didn't have a press conference, but they haven't gotten rid of Carmichael. They haven't reassigned yet. Ding! That's one. Think that the Falcons are going to beat the Buccaneers on the road this weekend. The Bucs are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think Detroit's going to make Okay, so you two. I heard the next one. Make a statement this weekend. I think they're going on the road and they're beating the Ravens. I don't no. believe in Lamar Jackson. Let's let it I think that Sean Payton's Denver Broncos are going to lose to Green Bay at home. <laughs> How about this one? Back to 500. I'm going with the Dolphins to beat the Eagles on Sunday night football. I think that Miami's offense is going to be too much. Travis Kelsey goes wild. Taylor Swift in attendance. The Chiefs are going to beat the Chargers. The Chargers are a wreck. The Chargers are two and three. LSU is going to get a a scare for about a quarter against Warmy. I think it'll be a little closer than people realize, and LSU's depth is going to wear through. I don't anticipate a big 40, 50, 60 point win. I think LSU will win like 34 to 7 or something like that on Saturday. I'm going the Ohio yeah, State buddy. University to beat Penn State on four Saturday. How about this one? Alabama, big over Tennessee. No, 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 listen. I think that <laughs> you listen to me. This is a win. Tennessee Saturday. Let's stop. I said Alabama was going to cover at the very end of All that right, one. All right, so they five did. and four. We'll give it to you. Five yes, and four. That's all. Two plus touchdowns over Tennessee tomorrow. Oh, Two plus. Um, Missouri. Missouri's going to beat South Carolina. The coach is coaching with a broken foot because he six and four water cooler. Not picking Auburn to beat Ole Miss, but I think Auburn's going to give Ole Miss one hell of a scare. That Ding. game is going to be at Auburn. I think Florida State's going to blow out Duke tomorrow. Ding. Duke is five and one coming in. Number the sixteen team in the country. I think USC is going to lose for a second straight week. Ding. They're playing Nine. Utah. The Nichols Colonels are going on Ten. the road this weekend. They're going to be Ten taking on Texas A&M Commerce. Colonels are going to get a win out in Commerce. They're going to improve to the three and zero in South Conference play. 
Sam Pittman's going to buy himself a little breathing room. I think Arkansas is going to beat Mississippi State tomorrow in a matchup of two teams. I think he's going to buy himself a little bit of cushion and get oh, some and of those biggie, hounds the off biggie. of him. But with that having been said, if it goes the other way and they lose to Mississippi State, might not even finish the year. I think Terrebonne's going to beat East St. John. Yes. I think. Yes. 11 and 5. No, 11 and 6, to be fair. I uh, I also said after that that Lutcher would beat Assumption. So let's be fair. Oh, he did. I, uh, 11 and 6. We, look, I was running short of time to get here, so I, <laughs> might have I missed, missed that one. one. So 11 and 6. 11 and 6. That's, that's not good. bad. No, heck no. That's good. Uh, so we stayed above 500 on our weekend predictions. We talked about Travis, uh, Travis Kelsey running wild. You got to start having more faith in Alabama, man. You're over here. Oh, Alabama's. T- they won and they covered, man. Like, no, look, they, they're winning. But it's just it's um, it's not the same team. Is there anything in college sports more overrated than Lincoln Riley? Like the dude got bullied by Utah again every year. They play the same season. Their defense struggles. They gave up 482 yards to Utah with a backup quarterback. Utah rushed for 247 yards. Utah actually gave up the lead. It was 32 to 31 with like two minutes left. And I was convinced that Utah was going to go down the field and score. That they did. They got the game-winning field goal. Um, LSU plays USC to start next year. And I already am looking at that game, and I'm thinking to myself, USC's defense versus an LSU team that has a million running backs and all of their offensive line back. LSU's going to beat the hell out of them. I, I, I hope. I know that's looking way into the future. But boy, that's a situation where I don't know that LSU is going to struggle in that one. USC can't stop anything. They can't. They can't stop a cold right now. Did Did you see the game, Dan? I did. Quarterback running all over. There was a kind of an iffy that, targeting call, but yeah. That, speaking of quarterbacks, did you see the USC quarterback? What What was he doing? Oh, after the game, just sitting on a bench. Oh, I didn't see that. Is, is he going to opt out? He's done. I, because look, they can't win the national championship he's not going to win the heisman trophy everybody says he's the number one pick in the draft like he might not play again Casey, he was sitting on the bench just in disgust he was just sitting down it was uh it, I, I think it was a bad look for him worse to, to, wor- to worse do, than when he paints his fingernails yeah. and puts fu to the team he's facing on his fingernails to, to do what he did after that game just sitting down and not pouting, moping, just sitting down, like feeling sorry for himself, I guess, or in disgust with his defense, knowing what was going to happen. And did they showed him throughout that last drive after the game, just sitting? The coach had to go and get him up. Uh, I, I think that young man is done. Mm-mm-mm. Boy, you would love to see it. USC is going to lose a ton of games if he's out. LSU got a 62 to nothing win against Orme. I know you said you didn't watch much of it, if, if any of it. It was no struggle. The Tigers. Did what they wanted to do, 570 yards of offense. They have gotten 500 yards of offense every game except the Florida State game. They hold Army to 193. <clears throat> Army's passing offense was non-existent, 6-15 of 15 with three interceptions. They did run it a little bit, had 150 yards rushing. Uh, LSU did what they had to do and was, frankly, more impressive than a lot of folks thought. The line for the game was 31. You doubled it. You won by 62. Um what do you make? Is this defense really getting better? Brian Kelly has said, and he said after the game, he said, hey, man, our defense is getting there. We're making big strides. They played a good second half against Missouri, 
played a great game against Auburn, played a great game against Army. Auburn and Army both don't have good offenses. Are they making legitimate improvements, do you think, or is it just they're facing the bottom of the bottom? Uh, uh, I'm not going to go bottom of the bottom, but they're not facing very good offenses. They have a week off, and the following week, they're not facing another good offense, I don't think. But uh, they're getting better. If I was an LSU fan, I would still be cautious right now. Say, Let, let's just wait and see. They're not, they're not there yet. Um, what's going on with your boy Nick Saban's hair? Did you see that Saturday? No. Bro, like. Okay, I mean, it, it's obvious he dyes it, right? I mean, it, it would be all gray, but it's kind of like got that brownish-orange tint. The beginning of the game, it was all even. You know, everything's colored. At the end of the game in his post-game press conference, the sides were white. He, he sweated out his dye job. <laughs> um, that's what happens, I guess, when you play poorly for a half and, and get by Tennessee. But my, my man, Nick, like, you, don't, you shouldn't be doing over-the-counter dye products. Bro, you're a gazillionaire. Go get a pro to do that for you, man. Well, look, I, I think it might be some of the heat that he's feeling because he hasn't felt that in a while. And for, and I'm not saying this is wrong. I think it's great. But for Nick Saban to go and run on the field and thank the student body and wave like uh, he was Miss America, just waving to everyone, that was kind of strange because you don't see that happening. And I think he realizes the type of team he has and that in two weeks he's going to need that crowd can I add to that? Go ahead. I think he knows that he's only got a handful of opportunities left to play at home. I think he's retiring at the end of the year. That could be. Yeah, I think. Th- and look, maybe I'm wrong, but he did say this past week that this is the most fun he's had coaching in 10, 15 years. Um, because, man, look, I, I get this. I mean, obviously you're a competitor, and, yeah, you want to win 50 to nothing every week. But this year is a team that's had to work harder to earn it. They beat Ole Miss 24-10, to 10, barely beat South Florida, barely beat A&M, barely beat Arkansas, struggled against Tennessee. So they're having to coach harder, and I could see where it would be more fulfilling to take a team that gets a lot better throughout the course of the year and, and you know you achieve with them. And when you've won a million championships, it probably gets boring winning 60 nothing every week. So he said he's having fun. So maybe I'm wrong on that, but I don't know how much longer he's going to do that. Man, he's getting up there. The sport is changing. I don't know how much longer he's going to be in the coach. Well, I, I, I would tend to agree with you because when his wife excuse me, has to tell him that you need to get on them. <laughs> what? His wife had to tell him after one game, you know, you got to, I guess, go back and be the old Nick. You got to get on these guys. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> That's uh, – that's not Alabama football. That's not Nick Saban. But Casey, uh, their quarterback, your boy Milrow, Milrow is uh, something else, man. I, 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 just, I don't, I don't think he's very sharp. I don't know if he, if he, he knows the game enough. He doesn't know situations very well. He's he's very good at when it's third and two, throwing a fifty-yard pass down the field, like kind of like Derek Carr, I guess, right? And I, I was just watching that first half and, like, you know, and the best way, I, this guy cannot play at Tulane. You don't think? Couldn't get in. You don't think he would start over Pratt? No. Uh, academics. Oh. <laughs> not sharp enough. Oh. Now I understand what you're saying. I, 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 but then come out in the second half, and, you know, coaching matters. 
they had to make adjustments or they came out a totally different offense. But again, and I said it before, when they run the ball, Alabama's offense can move the football. They can mix up the run and the pass. When you stop the run and just force the pass, they are in trouble. They have a hard time scoring. Why doesn't he run the ball? He's got 142 yards rushing this year. Jaden Daniels is going to get 1,000 yards. Why? Because six or seven times a game, Brian Kelly's dialing up a draw play, and or when it's not there, Daniels knows, hey, I could get outside of the pocket and run. Why isn't Milrow running? He's probably a better athlete with the football than their running backs are. Why isn't he using that more? He, he's caught in the middle, much like I thought that Daniels would be this year. Coaching staff wants him, Daniels throwing the football. And coaching staff wants them throwing the football. They don't want him running the ball much. Now, Milrow's caught in the middle. The coaches want me throwing, not running. Sure, I run, throw, and he just, again, and not knocking the kids. not football sharp enough, I think, to make these decisions quick enough. And it, it, just, it just caused them. And Alabama's offensive line is not the pass offensive line, and I think that they struggle. What's the odds that he's their starting quarterback next year? But he's a sophomore. Tyler Buckner's a transfer from Notre Dame. He is god-awful. This bag of cough drops would do better. Ty Simpson is a true freshman who played a little bit and didn't look anywhere close to being ready. Is there a chance that they go get an upperclassman in the portal, you think? They're going to try. You have to. But at the end of the day, I don't think uh, Milrow will be back starter. Mm-mm-mm. Boy, did you see what happened to Clemson on Saturday? Boy, there's nothing I like more than Clemson losing. But they had uh, first and goal from the two against Miami. They needed to score eight points. It's double overtime. Run, get stuffed. Throw, incomplete. Throw, incomplete. Then on fourth down, it's like a zone read RPO. The running back easily gets into the end zone, but he doesn't have the ball. The quarterback is running for his no. life, loses eight yards, and they get stopped on the goal line. Clemson is four and three. We've talked about this at length throughout the season. They're not relevant anymore. And one of the big reasons why. After the game, they asked Dabo, hey, what was with the fourth down play? Said, oh, it was a design run. The quarterback did his own thing. He got to stay in the system. Completely threw his quarterback under the bus. Grow up, bro. Like, you're losing control quick over there in Clemson. Yeah, you don't. You got to get up there and say it was just uh, a bad call. You got to get better. Completely threw his quarterback under the bus. They're one that's going to be interesting to watch the rest of the season, but I really believe that his AD is going to have to have a talking with him in the offseason. you got to start taking transfers. you got to start doing the NIL thing. Because without it, you're getting left behind. Nichols got a big win on Saturday. Stayed undefeated in Southland Conference play. Uh, they beat uh, Commerce 27-7. to Commerce got an early score. Colonels answered with 27 unanswered. Um, Pat McQuaid is doing enough. 16-26, to 240 yards and a touchdown and a pick. But the Colonels are so damn good on the ground. Guggenheim, 16 carries, 76 yards, two touchdowns. Jalen Spears, 12 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Um, and on the flip side to that, the Colonels are stopping the run. The leading rusher for Commerce only had 21 yards. So if you could run it, you could stop the other team from running it, you're going to win a bunch, and that's why they're 3-0 in the league right now. Yeah, and speaking about good on the ground, I know we going to college, this is high school here, but – Tomorrow, we're going to have some stats for you. Thanks, uh, Coach Scott Sanimo sent me some stats. Uh, with two games left, 
some uh, records that are already broken mm. for the Tarpons, some records that are in danger. We are very much in danger with two games to go, and uh, we can go over that tomorrow. I'm going to get them all nice and compiled where we can chat about it. No, that's exciting. I, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and make sure, if, Coach Sandoval, if you're listening, thanks so much for, for sharing that with us. Let's catch a break when we get back. Got some W's and L's from the weekend. It was a busy weekend, but it was a stress-free weekend. LSU didn't have any drama. Nichols won by a lot. The Saints and Cowboys didn't play. We'll talk about all that Green stuff. Green Wave had a little drama. Yeah, they did. The Ooh. Green Wave did not play their best. But we'll be right back with our W's and L's here on KLEB. Attention event managers, Joe's Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair or festival, let Joe's Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit joeseptic at viscom.net. That's joeseptic at viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas. Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, specializes in portable fire extinguisher sales, inspection, and service. They provide tests of CO2 fire suppression, NOVEC systems, fire detection systems, water mist systems, and safety relief valves on marine vessels. Conveniently located minutes away from Port Fouchon. Our service technicians have a dependable reputation by outstanding service to the marine industry. Stop by Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, 14626 West Main Street, Cutoff, or call 985-632-7233. All your auto repairs for your first call should be Detroit's Paint and Body Shop, located at Highway 3235 in the road. They're established since 1997. Detroit's Paint and Body Shop is family-owned and operated. They sell parts and repair all makes and models of vehicles. Troy's Paint and Body Shop honors all insurance estimates. Go by and see their trusted team of technicians for all your auto needs. Trust me, Troy's Paint and Body Shop, 985-693-4133. That's 985-693-4133. Are you paying too much for your health insurance? Are your deductibles too high? Or are you completely uninsured? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Healthcare Help Desk can help you now when people need help the most. Health insurance laws and rules have changed. If you have Obamacare, are uninsured, or your premiums are too high, call Healthcare Help Desk. It's free. New healthcare plans are available, and you may qualify for dental coverage and lower copays and deductibles. Make the free call now. Top quality coverage at the lowest prices anywhere. You may be paying too much and not even know it. In these troubled times, healthcare is more important than ever. Don't let another day go by without health insurance. Policies are being offered with very low copays and deductibles. So if you're uninsured, underinsured, or paying too much, call Healthcare Help Desk. Call 800-301-7166. The LaRoe Civic Center presents the annual French Food Festival, October 27th through the 29th, featuring carnival rides, games, crafters, auctions, and kids' activities. Come hungry and leave happy, because there's no shortage of French food all weekend. Then dance the night away on Friday with Gary T, Rough and Ready and Dream Junkies. On Saturday, it's Ryan Foray and the Foray Tradition, Chubby Carrier, Shorts in December, and Contraflow. On Sunday, it's Waylon Thibodeau and Benjamin Bruce and the Acadians. The French Food Festival, 307 East 5th Street in La Rose.
We want to thank Tommy Minton and, oh, who else do we have? I'm drawing a break. Drake, Drake Trosclair for the time today on Play by Play. Uh, we get to our W's and our L's. Our first W that we got to hand out goes to Tyler Lewis and the Terrebonne Tigers. Terrebonne went on the road to a rowdy environment and beat an undefeated East St. John team 21-18. And what was the most impressive thing for my dollars that they led throughout? It wasn't like a situation where, you know, they rallied back and ran a punt back and had some kind of fluky things happen. No, they were just in control throughout the game. Dre said it a minute ago, and one of the reasons why I think Terrebonne could win playoff games, they have a huge offense and defensive line. They run the ball well. And if you sell out to try to stop them from running the ball well, all right, play action. We're going to go throw it to big LSU on the outside. They're for real. They got a huge win, and they get a W. An L goes to Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. USC with Utah playing a walk-on at quarterback. Um, Beat them again. The fourth time in a row Utah beats those guys. USC had a lead late. Utah with their walk-on quarterback on the road, navigated them down the field and got into field goal range 34-32. to You mentioned it a second ago. I don't remember if we were on or off the air. I think Caleb Williams is done. I don't know that he's going to play again this season. And if so, and even if he does play, by the way, looking at USC's schedule the rest of the way, they ain't going to win many more games the rest of the way. They still got to play Cal. They'll win that. Washington, number five team in the country. Oregon, number eight team in the country. UCLA, number 23 team in the country. They ain't done losing yet. Let me uh, just throw this at you. And it's an idea. It's not something physical, That, not an object. Okay, what's up? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Caleb Williams has one year left, correct? Mm-hmm. Could he come back, not to USC, enter the portal? Bum, 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 bum. That was his second school out of high school. I mean, could... Oh, dude, now you're getting me so jacked up. I, I guess it could. I mean, I guess he could say, hey, you know, I'll transfer and whoever's willing to pay me the most, I'll go. Right now, I think from his look after that game, if he would come back next year, it's not where he's at now. And now you got me thinking. Well, I know that he would... He, LSU was his second school when he signed out of Oklahoma. Boy, I could see Nick throwing huge money bags. That, that's the one thing. Oh, man, now I'm getting nauseous. Thinking, Go, go pro, Caleb, please. <laughs> this idea is getting worse and worse. But <laughs> go pro. Um, AW goes to Assumption um, for the, the same reasons as Terrebonne. They got a huge win. They go on the road. They beat Lutcher. Um, grab control of our local district. Now they got an equally big one with Vanderbilt coming up. Um, chance to lock down the district championship outright if they win that one. So good on them. And L goes to Sam Pittman of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, I hope that you're renting and you ain't bought a house in Arkansas, Sam, because you're now two and six. Your offense scored three points against Mississippi State. You lose seven to three. I don't understand Arkansas. I don't understand how you could score 31 against LSU, move the ball well. I don't understand how you could score... 21 against Alabama and move the ball well, and then not be able to score against Mississippi State at all. It feels like this team, during their six-game losing streak, has just been scoring just enough to lose. Just enough to lose. And and look, it's disappointing because coming into the game, a lot of people thought, well, Arkansas, they played well, really. They were in games 
journey so far and that they can go ahead and right the ship, so to speak, and end the season winning three or four games and have a, having a decent record at the end. Laid an egg the way they did, three points. And, and now you got to look at it and say they might not win any of those quote-unquote easier games. Florida, Auburn, Missouri, after you lose to Mississippi State, I'm not sure you're no, going to win those games nope. anymore. And L goes to Travis Kelsey with the absolutely gorgeous Taylor Swift in attendance. Travis Kelsey had a huge game on Sunday. Uh, of course he did because he's statistically a better player when she's w. there. Twelve, Yeah, W. Travis Kelsey, 12 catches, 179 yards, and a touchdown. How in the hell do teams let that happen? You talked about this all the time when you were doing color analysis when South LaFouche had great girls basketball teams, and even last year when they when they had B.J. Daniels. You would say, we got to double this dude, we got to triple this dude, we got to do whatever, don't let that guy beat us. Kelsey's their only weapon. How in the hell do you let him catch 12 passes for 180 yards? Double team him. Make Marquez Valdez-Scantling beat you. Make uh, Isaiah Pacheco beat you. Make Sky Moore beat you. You can't let Kelsey get 180 yards. That's ridiculous. Look, I was watching a pregame show before uh, yesterday. The old, I think it was the Redskins quarterback got hurt. Theismann? No, no, the other one. Uh, uh, Alex think, Smith. Yes, I think he's uh, an analyst on one of these networks and he had played with Kelsey I think maybe his first year in the league I think yep, it was. he was a former chief and uh he came out and he said Travis Kelsey is the worst at running a route design route because and they showed a couple of clips where he's supposed to run a corner and the, the quarterback okay in the playbook whatever this play here you running this route but he breaks it because the coverage or the, the way they play in him, and he runs another. He stems that route and runs it <laughs> somewhere else. And they like the quarterback, Mahomes, knows exactly what he's doing. That he knows he's going to break the route. Then they showed him on the sideline, and he was mic'd up. And Mahomes was saying, "Like I knew he wasn't running that route, <laughs> the called route that he was going to run this." It that's why it's tough to stop him because you can game plan and. No, okay, what well, this formation, they're running this, and you jump and take that route, and he breaks it off and runs yeah. something else. It's it's crazy, man. He's, he might be the best tight end who's ever played. When you look at his stats and his numbers, Tony Gonzalez certainly in the discussion. Uh, Kellen Winslow Sr. certainly in the discussion. But, boy, Travis Kelsey's the, the real deal. And L goes to NFL officiating. It was, it was god-awful yesterday across the board. We saw an atrocious pass interference call in the Colts and Bucks game, uh, the Colts and Browns game. Um, we see roughing the passer penalties for dudes that are not even doing anything to the quarterback. Um, in the in the Bucks and Falcons game, we had an instant replay review that took six minutes and eighteen seconds. Like, come on, man! And the reason why it's so bad, the NFL, a billion dollar league, refuses to pay their officials full time. All of these guys just show up on Sunday and call. They're all attorneys and lawyers and you know insurance salesmen in their day-to-day -day job. They're not full-time officials. If the NBA would NBA, if the NFL would hire these guys full-time like the NBA does and say your only job is refing for us, they could spend the week watching tape and doing other things. Break out the money, uh, Roger. You you're a billion-dollar league. Why are you not making these guys full-time? Yeah, give us give them some of your money. Yeah, or give them one of them your job. Uh, that would be okay too. Amen. 
And a W goes to the LSU defense. You pitch a shutout against Orme, and you look very impressive doing it. And L goes to the Buffalo Bills. It's not their fault that their quarterback is cursed, but the rest <laughs> of the team could have maybe played a little bit better around him. They fall yesterday to New England. That's one I didn't see coming for a million years. New England gets that win. Um, Belichick kind of silences the haters a little bit because, boy, if you listen to talk radio in Boston, they got Belichick out the door for one week. They got a big win against a good Buffalo team. Yeah, and uh, Belichick, boy, his press conferences are something else. He's on another level. Yeah, one, but one reporter asks, he says, I have to ask you, why every time you come to the podium for the interview, you take all the microphones and you turn them down? And Belichick just looks at him and because I want to see y'all. <laughs> They're in my way. I can't see. So the report, well, I had to ask if I wanted to know the answer yeah, to the there question. There you go. I, boy, I hate to give this guy a weekend W, but his listeners to the show know I'm not a huge fan. But if I want to be fair, I got to do it whenever he plays well. Lamar Jackson played really well yesterday. He gets a W, 21 of 27 passing, 357 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He rushed for a touchdown in 36 yards. The Lions got a wedgie yesterday, boy. Everybody talking Detroit this, Detroit that. Yeah, they got their pants pulled down yesterday. Baltimore beat the hell out of them. Might be a, a humbling experience for Detroit. Probably the biggest surprise of the day. Yeah. They get whooped that bad. And L goes to my guy James Harden, who is still on a sabbatical from oh. the Philadelphia 76ers. The season starts t- tomorrow. He is not going to be playing tomorrow, uh, barring something unexpected. The team said on Friday that he's out because of a personal issue. So if he's dealing with a sick family member or something, hey, okay. But I think we all know the real reason why he's not with the team. He is still holding out, trying to get a trade to the Los Angeles Clippers. James, get back and play basketball, dude. Like, I'm your biggest supporter. Get back and play some basketball. A W goes to Nichols. On the football gridiron, the Colonels got a big win. They're one of three undefeated teams in the Southland Conference. They play a big non-conference game Saturday against Southeast Missouri. And then after that, you're playing Incarnate Word, who's another one of the unbeaten teams in the league. And Incarnate Word's also number five in the country in the FCS. So that'll be a huge stretch coming up for the Colonels. And L goes to every coach that decides stupidly to go for it on fourth down. Every Saturday and Sunday, we see teams that just refuse to kick field goals, Teams that get down to the 15-yard line, the 30-yard line, it's fourth and four, fourth and five. Hey, we're going to go for it. Analytics. The analytics book says we should go for it. Take that analytics book and shove it where the sun does not shine. I am tired of watching teams leave points on the field. We have gotten so crazy with analytics, bruh, that we are costing our team's victory to hell with all of the coaches that incorrectly, in my opinion, go for it on fourth down. It's ridiculous. Now, when they kick the field goal, the announcers are praising. I'm like, oh, that's the right thing to do. I mean, they should have been doing that. And uh, we're talking off air just with Tennessee. Uh, You're on midfield against Alabama. Years past, the Alabama teams, I would say, yeah, probably so, because, you know, they're coming down their offense and score. But this year's Alabama team, why do people are kind of so like freaked out and scared of them? Go ahead and punt the ball. You know you're getting it right back. Yeah. Chances are, and uh, you can't give them the ball around midfield. It's just it doesn't make any sense. But they continue doing it. A W goes to Will Lutz, the kicker for the Denver Broncos. Everybody was making fun of Will Lutz because in his first game with Denver, he missed an extra point. 
Ah, we made the right move. Groupie's better than Lutz. Ah, look at Lutz. He's terrible. He's 12 of 13 this season on his field goals, and his only miss was a 50-plus yarder. He has not yet missed another extra point. He's 93% on the season with his kicks, and he was a big weapon yesterday for the Broncos getting a win over Green Bay. Um, do you regret getting rid of Will Lutz yet? Uh, right now, yes, yeah. but it remains to be seen still when the uh, bigger picture ends up being played. But uh, in the short term, yes. And that goes to Mac Brown in the University of North Carolina. North Carolina was in the top 10 in the country and had so much to play for. They were a 28-point favorite against Virginia at home. Womp womp. They lose the game 31-27 to to a previously 1-5 Virginia team. A lot of folks were saying, hey, Drake May, the North Carolina quarterback, might end up passing up Caleb Williams and being the number one pick in the draft. Well, certainly he has suffered a setback on Saturday, 24-48, only 50%. He had 347 through the air. But the biggest upset on Saturday was Virginia getting a win against North Carolina despite being a four-touchdown underdog. That's going to sting the Tar Heels for a while. Well, basketball is about to start. They'll get over it. They'll be okay. Yeah, I don't know about that. Jaden Daniels has moved up uh, to the third best odds in the Heisman Trophy race, trailing. Penix and from Washington and McCarthy of Michigan. I understand Penix. Washington scoring a lot of points. You can't tell me that Michigan's quarterback is more valuable to his team than Jaden Daniels is to LSU. Michigan goes into every game that they play knowing if we score one point, we're going to win. With the way their defense is playing, we score one touchdown, we're going to win. The fact that that dude is the front runner for the Heisman despite having fewer yards than Jaden Daniels, despite having fewer touchdowns than Jaden Daniels, despite having a lesser completion percentage than Jaden Daniels, despite having less rushing yards than Jaden Daniels, having not played the schedule that Jaden Daniels has played, if that guy wins the Heisman Trophy, that's that's and, and, and assuming that Penix and Daniels both finished the season strong, but if that guy wins it over both of those guys, shame on everybody who's got to vote. Yeah, I was getting ready to say for Daniels, to win, and this may not be fair, but I think uh, for him to win the Heisman, they got to beat Alabama. So what you're telling me is he's, he's going to win the Heisman? Yeah. <laughs> I'm over here talking mad noise. I'm probably going to pick Alabama to win the game next two no, Saturdays. I'm, I'm telling you now, my pick's not Alabama to win it. No? No. What is it that you think scares? Like you, you think Alabama won't be able to score or won't be able to get stops? They will will not be able to score enough. Hmm. I hope you're right. Tulane will be taking on Rice this week. Tulane got a scare, bro. They uh, barely beat North Texas 35-28. to 28. Here's the thing that sucks for Tulane, though, man, is last year they got into a New Year's Six Bowl because they were the highest-rated mid-major team. If Air Force keeps winning, they're going to get that spot. Air Force is 7-0, and number 19 in the country right now. I would love to see Tulane get the opportunity to go back to the Cotton Bowl or the, you know something like that. Um, but, boy, they got some other mid-majors on their tail this year. They better stay strong, and they better earn some style points before the year ends. Yeah, it would be great to see them again, but uh, they got to start playing a little bit better than uh, what they're doing right now. They're winning, but, my goodness, some teams that you, you would think they would, should have no problem with, they kind of struggle at times. Monday night football tonight. The 49ers are taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Boring. 49ers are a seven-point favorite in that one. 
did you know? I'll ask you this question. You may or may not know the answer. Um, before yesterday, do you know who was leading the NFL in touchdown passes? No. Kirk Cousins of the Vikings. Wow. Yeah. I, I, if, look, before I saw that stat, I, you'd have given me 10, 12 guesses before I'd have got to Kirk Cousins. Um, so he's actually playing well. The team just isn't playing well. Where do you sit on Purdy, right? Because I was of the opinion, hey, he's 100% a system guy. Then after they beat Dallas 42-10, to 10, I came on here and said, nope, I was wrong. This guy's legit. But then last week against Cleveland, once McCaffrey and Debo went out and he didn't have the same weapons, he kind of looked like a system guy again. So is he really elite or is he just in a perfect situation? Uh, let's say if you break the quarterbacks down to uh, the top, middle, and lower of quarterbacks, I would say he would be in the bottom half of the top. Bottom half of the – see, I would have said the top of the middle. So close. we're pretty yeah, much saying close. the same thing. But he's not – certainly not as good as the Burroughs no. and the Mahomeses. And, is he better than Dak Prescott? Yes. You said that with definition <laughs> yes. very quickly. I don't know if he is, man. I if if Dak were running the 49er offense, I I don't know. I I think it's really close. Is he is he better than Lamar Jackson? Oh. For one game I, I would say no, I, but I would rather have Purdy because I'm always yeah, afraid over of Yeah, over yes. Of course, over the long haul. Um Justin Herbert, where do you where do you stand on him? Because I've said openly, look, the Chargers every year, every and I'm getting sick and tired of hearing the excuses. Every year they lose nothing but close games. Oh, Justin Herbert doesn't have help. Oh, they're snake bitten. Oh, they're curves. Blah 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 blah. At some point, if you're this big dog, you gotta start winning some of these close games. They lost to Dallas close on Monday, lost to the Chiefs close. They're two and four. Why are you two and four? At some point, Herbert deserves some of the blame for that. Do you think he's as good as some people make him out to be? No, I'd put him somewhere top half of the middle, but not the uh, – like if you got the middle, he's not one or two of the top, a little couple of below that. What about Derek Carr? <laughs> How low can you go? <laughs> Man. The bottom of the bottom. Is he worse than Andy Dalton? The stats say so far that he is. Stat, yeah, but no, I, I don't. No, I don't think he's worse than any adult. Mm-hmm. The thing that scares me about him is he's thirty-two, um, and yeah, we have seen some guys play into their forties, and we've seen some guys play at a high level into their forties, but we've also seen guys like Russell Wilson do what is more common, which is when they get into their thirties, kind of fall off of a cliff a little bit. And sadly, Carr right now is the answer for the Saints. He's the best they have. So you didn't see the meme this weekend that compared Winston's first eight starts to Dalton's first eight starts to Carr's first eight starts? No. Winston by far had the best stats of anybody. By far. And the well, best win loss Look, and to be fair, he was playing well before he got hurt. That year with the Saints. the Last year or year before? Or was it last year, was it? It was the year that they destroyed Green Bay in the opener. That was Sean's last year, so two years ago. He was playing well before he got hurt. I don't think he wants to play at all anymore, though. I don't think he wants to play at all anymore. That's why he's cheering so much for Carr. Please <laughs> get better. 
we'll kind of leave you guys with this, uh, and we'll, we'll talk maybe a little MLB too. But let me get rid of. What about the job that Mike Tomlin is doing with the Steelers? The Steelers are four and two. They have been outscored this year, 103 to 127. Like they're not very talented. They just find a way every year. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. They went on the road yesterday and beat the Rams. They held Cooper Cup to just two catches for 29 yards. Um, man, Mike Tomlin's this and that. He's kind of cocky at times, kind of rubs people the wrong way at times. But who that man could coach some ball, boy. You got them at four and two with Kenny Pickett as your quarterback. That's uh that's some pretty good work from the Steelers, and that was a shocking upset win on the road against the Rams yesterday. Yeah, I, w- I was shocked when uh, I seen the Steelers win. But uh, look, Mike Tomlin, he, he's uh he's been doing a great job for years at Pittsburgh, and everybody oh, they out, they out, not so fast. I got to give one more weekend L. By the way, I'm going to dive back into the weekend L's, but I forgot this one, but I see it here. Deshaun Watson was one of five yesterday with five yards and an interception. Then he left the game with a head injury. Reports are from Cleveland that he passed concussion protocol. So he was clear to go back in and just didn't. And this is on top of after playing two or not playing for the past two weeks with like a mysterious shoulder injury that nobody knew anything about. Deshaun Watson's done, bro. Like he's not been good since he's been in Cleveland. Yesterday, P.J. Walker comes in and leads them to the win on the road against the Colts. The Browns got a lemon, bro. And you know the crazy thing is? And it might be the best mistake that Mickey Loomis never made. The Saints were the runners-up to trade for this dude. Can you imagine how ugly that would be if you had that dude playing like Derek Carr, but then you'd have to give up a zillion first-round picks to get him? Can you imagine how bad that would be? Yes. Thank God they didn't get him. That would have been a disaster for, for the Brown or for the Saints, but instead now it's the Browns problem. Um very quickly before we wrap up, we've got game six today between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. The Phillies lead three to two. Yes or no, or the Phillies gonna go to the World Series tonight? Yes. Okay, we got game seven between the Rangers and the Astros tonight. Winner take all in a series that has been drunk. Drunker than Jim Leahy. Um Game seven, <laughs> neither team has won a home game. The road teams are 6-0. and oh. Yesterday, the Rangers extended their season, beating Houston in Minute Maid. Is the home team going to win tonight, or will the road team sweep through the series and go 7-0? and oh? Home team's going to win it. Let me get to the pitch and matchups, because I'm curious. Uh, it's going to be Christian Javier for Houston, Max Scherzer for Texas. Ooh, Max Scherzer is going to be tough to beat in game seven. In the Phillies game, it is Aaron Nola who has been unbelievable in the postseason, 3-0 with an ERA less than one against Merrill Kelly of the Diamondbacks. And I'll leave you guys with this. Did you see in the Astros game yesterday the amazing catch made by the LSU fan? No. Whew, I'm going to show you. Uh, an LSU fan on a home run. And I say LSU fan because he's decked out in an LSU hat and shirt. Home runs hit, just throws his bare hand out there snagged it out. I saw a lot of people on social media saying, man, Jay Johnson got offered that kid a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure Jay Johnson probably knows his social security oh, number yeah. by now. Uh, but anyway, that'll wrap up things for today. We want to thank Tommy Minton for the time. We want to thank Dre Trostler for the time. And hey, thanks hey. to you all for the time. Big game tomorrow. Big game Bulldogs tomorrow. Bulldogs and Lions. Bulldogs and Lions. We will be there 6 o'clock. Big rivalry matchup. Uh, can't wait. Can't wait. So tomorrow we got play-by-play. Might try to get Keegan and Derek lined up to talk about that one. Keep it right here on KLEB. We'll be back the same time tomorrow. Love you guys. God bless.